boys, I'm uh, I gotta say, I'm in a much better mood than I was a week ago this time. A forty point win will do that to you, huh? Ben, what were you doing on October twenty second of the year two thousand? Uh, for legal reasons, uh, and me and my lawyers have spoken. I'm not actually allowed to. To I, I I've been advised not to reveal my locations on that day. Okay, fair. Uh, given it was pre nine eleven, I was probably like jamming like the Backstreet Boys or something. But that's the last time the Cowboys won a game by more, forty or more points. We beat the Arizona Cardinals on October twenty second of the year two thousand. We beat them forty eight to seven. And their mm. coach got fired that week. Mm. That'll do it. Man. That let's start there. Is this the most dominant win you've seen from the the Ca- Dallas Cowboys organization in the 21st century? It's yes. certainly the most dominant quarter. You could even say half. I think by the second half, I mean it was just so I know the starters were so still in, but it just sort of felt like a it felt like a totally different game. I mean, the game was decided by halftime, and so Dude, we got shit for like trying to score in the second whatever half at all. I couldn't believe how much everyone bitched about that. It was complaining <laughs> about going for it on fourth, going for it on fourth, going for two at the end of the first half, like all that got all this flack. And I was like, bro, if this situation was reversed and we were complaining about that, everyone would be like, oh, it's professional football, dude. It's not little league. Grow up, dude. You would think the Falcons would know not to trust the lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, I I don't know. It was weird. I I I was uh, you know, we'll we'll get started where we where we all were for this one. I was I was at my mom's place. We were doing a little pre uh, birthday thing for for her. Nice. So So I had it on in the background, but I couldn't like fully pay attention. But I did watch the second quarter right before lunch started, and then that's that's from there. I, I was kind of spotting, you know. I looked up every few plays, and I'm like, oh wow, we we scored again. Very stress free experience, honestly. You didn't need oh, to yeah. watch every every down of this one. I watched this in a bar, and about halfway through the second quarter, it honestly just got really quiet. We score, <laughs> and people would kind of like cheer a little bit. And yeah. then they just go back to their conversations. Everyone is this what it feels like? Is this feels like to be Alabama? Like there's only three games a year you Probably even really do. feel like you can even pay attention to. Like you watch every game, but you're also like, oh, okay, well, the half's over. So, although Alabama is accompanied by that like insane expectation of perfection, where like if Alabama even only wins by like ten points against a bad opponent, they're like. I think Saban's losing his edge, dude. We need to really consider maybe moving on from him, right? You know, this just isn't the the standard this organization is set for itself. That's true, but it did feel it did feel very strange to it's as Zach's point it, it to not even really care by the second half because it was just such a a beatdown. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that first half, boys. I mean that was. You know, we 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 spent the last pod, and everyone spent all week being like, "Okay, like that." How are they going to respond? We can all kind of write off that last game as a, you know, as a fluke, but they got to come out and respond. Like, if you're if you're really who we thought you were before this game, then we need to see it. And they came out angry. You know, Dak talked about that. They 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 couldn't wait to get on the field. Like, I well, I think it's one of those games that it didn't matter if they were playing the Atlanta Falcons. 
the Los Angeles Rams, the Buffalo Bills, like they would have put it on anybody because they were just well, pissed off in this game. Funny you mentioned the Rams. I think if you want to see an alternate reality of what our fans and probably us would have looked like if we had lost that game yesterday, go take a peek at the game thread for the Rams uh, game last night where the Rams got absolutely smacked for the second week in a row. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was reading their game thread and their post-game thread on Reddit. It, it, it was like truly peering into a mirror if we had lost on Sunday to the Falcons. It was like questioning everything. Everyone's you know, soft. Everything needs to be burned to the ground. Stafford yeah. sucks. Everyone was calling them shitford and McShit, which I think is a little <laughs> bit unimaginative, but still pretty humorous. You know, I'm just going to say, I think the Rams are collapsing. Yeah. I, that look great. I, I think you they're collapsing this season. Did you see that clip of Aaron Donald? Get or not Aaron Donald, uh, Von Miller Jaylen Ramsey absolutely manhandled nope. by George Kittle on a pass yeah, rush. That was sick. Yeah. George Kittle's he got a beast. pancaked. Like, welcome to honestly, Jalen Ramsey was the only guy on that defense that looked like he gave a shit at, after a certain point. And Stafford did look really bad. Stafford, I, I mean, kind of the I the I disagree vastly with Zach because I could sit here and say the same thing about Tampa. Like, Tampa's looked like shit two weeks in a row now. But I'm not going to write off Tampa Bay because. But they're missing people. Brady. They have excuses. The Rams have the most star-studded roster on paper and ever, and they are getting gobsmacked. Agree. I just uh, they'll be there. They're 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 still one of the five best teams. In- I mean, honestly, outside of I mean, who's looked perfect this year? You know, I mean, they they even talk like every year you usually have two to three pure front runners, right? And then you have a gang of like ten contenders, and then maybe a handful of wild cards that could make noise if they get hot at the right time. This year, it doesn't really feel like you have those two, three front runners. You have just a gang of like 15, I don't even 15 is probably high, but 10 teams that you could probably look at and be like, yeah, I could, they could, they could do something. And so we'll see. We'll see if you're right, Zach. I, 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 I may be higher on the Rams than you. I do agree. I, I'm not as high on Stafford, which is where it gets weird because I, I trust like everything about that team except Stafford. And I actually think bringing in Odell in might be a little bit of a bad move, but we'll I, see. They, I'm questioning if they can, and people can say this about us too. So this could be a little bit of hypocrisy, but they're really, really bad if they don't get a lead. Like I, I saw the, I saw a stat last night that McVeigh is like, undefeated with a lead at halftime and like six and 24 when losing at halftime or something like that. Like McVay comes into the game with a really probably stringent game plan, you know, boy, boy genius type shit. And when that doesn't work, they don't seem to adjust very well. I mean, the fact that last night Debo Samuel was killing them and Jalen Ramsey was not on Debo Samuel was bizarre. Like that just well, seems like they just did not that, have the ability to make an on, on the fly adjustment. That's fair. I, I <laughs> we're spending a lot of time on this game, but I did read an interesting article about Kyle Shanahan's taking a lot of shit because the Niners were expected to kind of be a bounce back team this year. A lot of people thought the yeah. Niners would be where we would be, like they'd be us. Because on paper, their roster looks really nice outside of quarterback, which is for sure how I feel about 
the Rams, although Stafford's better than Jimmy G or Trey Lance. But uh, they talked about Shanahan basically. Hook, dude? Yeah, they moved they moved Debo a lot so that Jalen Ramsey couldn't they couldn't just put just stick Jalen on him. So they actually tried to. They knew that that's what the Rams wanted to do, and they still just found a way to move Debo everywhere. And dude, and they also ran so good, dude. And dude, the Rams defense for how stars so they're like twenty fourth DVO against the run and twenty second against good, the pass. Dude. They're basically a it below seems, average defense, which is very strange. They, they play like an all star team. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't appear like they're they're that good as a unit. It's like they have these individual guys that make spectacular plays. Like Ramsey can really kill you in one on one coverage. Aaron Donald will do some crazy shit in the middle of the game, but it's like with the Cowboys, for instance, like we have a couple stars, but you also see like random dudes like Dorrance Armstrong making plays in the middle of the game. They don't have like the J Ron curses on their team that like kind of provide glue. Yeah. Um, it is middle of the season, so we'll see. Uh, they did not bounce back the way that they were expected to, but your Dallas Cowboys certainly did, fellas. Uh, so let's dive into that game. We haven't even said this is boys will be boys. I'll do the on this day. It's Benjamin T. Walker. Andy Gatelli. Zachary Love. And we will dive deep. Probably not all that deep because, as we said, this was an ass kicking. But we will talk about the Dallas Cowboys, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, fellas, I, I don't know. Where do you even want to start with this one? I mean, it was a, it was a total dominant performance i would say that like the broncos game the final score made it look more competitive than it was <laughs> <laughs> i it is uh it's nuts that i think these two games the falcons game and the broncos game are going to kind of be eternally paired together it's like when two quarterbacks go one and two like regardless of the situation they're just eternally compared to one another and because of how these two games shook out, like in the story of this season, these two games will will just always kind of be one chapter together. Um, and just like everything kind of went wrong last week, we saw kind of everything go right this week. Uh, and that came every. I mean, that starts with Dak Prescott. He looked just exactly like you would expect Dak to look against a subpar team. Um, Completed over 70% of his passes, almost 80% for just under 300 yards, two touchdowns, 93 QBR, 127 pass rating. He's now leading the league in uh, in QBR. Um, a stat that really jumped out to me about this game just off the top at a high level was last week we had 14 missed tackles. On Sunday we had three. And I think that tells you so much about just the change in tone of the defensive side of the ball, at least. Um, the fact that this team lost what I would consider to be, I don't know where I'd rank Randy in the Parsons, Diggs, Randy, you know, who's the best guy on the defense, but he's certainly one of your top three defensive playmakers this year. Without a doubt. Uh, to lose him during practice over the course of the week leading up to this game and have the defense still perform this well, I think speaks to the overall tone set by the defense early. And I think Dan Quinn spent a lot of time this week saying the right things. I mean, you're not as a coach. I think it's probably a little bit of a professional faux pas to like spend the whole week being like, yeah, this team fired me. I want to fuck them up. Like fuck these guys. But I know it meant something to him. This was definitely an emotional game for Dan Quinn. And I do think these guys love DQ. I think we saw in the post game 
uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but in the post-game locker room speech, they gave the, the game ball out and they gave it to DQ and the guys just like mobbed him. They were super stoked for him. Um, and it showed on the field, man. They they choked this team out. I mean, when we, we saw Zeke a few weeks ago say, you know, I want to see us choke a team out. This is what that looks like. Um, you know, the first couple of drives, the Falcons were able to move the ball a little bit. They got the ball down to field goal range to kick well, the field goal. I wanted to take uh, one thing before we get there. Um, Dallas, talk about setting a tone, um, won the coin toss and did not defer. They, they accepted the ball for the first time this year. They wanted the ball, and they marched down yep. and scored an opening drive touchdown. I thought that was very indicative of a team that was like, we – we want to we want to send a message, and and that's what I really believe that it didn't even matter who the opponent was today. I think that was a group of guys in a locker room of guys and coaches that that wanted to. It's like anything when you when you do something really poorly, you just want to wipe that away, right? Whatever yeah. whatever it is in life, and they 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 knew they let one last week. They all got a little careless, and everything you know to your point went wrong, and then this week all that went right. But I love the fact that they. They took the ball and marched down opening TD and CeeDee Lamb was the fucking man on this drive. Well, and they, and they seemingly changed nothing from last week as far as their approach. So, you know, last week, a big storyline was they were, they went for fourth, they went for it on fourth multiple times. They failed every single time. Um, a fourth down came up pretty quickly in this game twice early and McCarthy went for and got both of them. I think that was a real tone setter for this team. Just like we talked about last week. Like if you get them, they're huge. If you miss them, they're huge. And this time they got them. It's um, a philosophy, you know, it's not yeah. a, they don't do it. Hey, we just feel like this is a right time type of stuff. Like it is well, very there was much no panic. There was no panic. You, you'll notice they didn't move steel uh, away from left tackle. I mean, yep. even I, even I was in that camp last week. I really panicked about the fact that steel had had such a bad game. Um, now, obviously, the Falcons do not have that good of a pass rush, and so that's that probably contributed to that decision. They were like, "Look, if he can just like get to where we know he can, he can be. We don't have to worry about that that much." But um, still, had a great game. Uh, didn't you know? Was not a point of concern during this game, like uh, someone else on this offensive line was, which I will fucking get to over the course of this analysis. Um, and, and on the theme of everything going right this time that went wrong last time, on the first drive, there was a play uh, where early where Dak tried to go to Gallup and he rifled a ball past the corner and it went kind of through the corner's arms and hit Gallup and, and fell incomplete. And the announcers made a big deal out of it. And I saw tons of Falcons fans being like, oh, that was a pick six. Like the whole game could have changed right there. And I don't know if that's true. Like, the corner wasn't really close to making that pick. Like it, he was just in the area, but like that was just one of those things where I feel like a week ago against the Broncos, that probably is a pick, you know what I mean? Just because of how that game was going. And this time everything was just coming up heads for the Cowboys. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, once again, talk about back-to-back -back weeks with a block punt, which by the way, we now have three block punts in the McCart this season. And we had three block pumps in Jason Garrett's entire tenure. So I don't know if that's just John Fossil or a change of philosophy, but I do love it. And this time, instead of getting an unlucky rule, Nishan Wright had a bounce off. Of I was this so time, happy for Nishan Wright, this, dude. Like this time the rookie week. the rookie gets a fucking touchdown off of it, which as you said, Andy, you gotta you gotta love. And that that to me was probably the biggest backbreaker i mean we were already up 28-3 which that that course, was certainly the backbreaker. like in a 
Of course, Atlanta had tweeted out, yes, we're aware. It's 28 to 3. (laughs) I was just so mad about this. Okay, I kept, even in the national media, people were like, oh, and then they decided to go for it. Everyone left out the fact that Atlanta committed a penalty there. And so we got the ball on the one. That's why they just, like, they weren't just, they didn't just roll out there and decide to go for two. They decided to go for two because suddenly we're on the one yard line and we knew we could easily get two points. Like, and plus that turned it from a four possession game to five. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, a, like, it's it was made perfect sense. Like, I I didn't I, I didn't think I don't think McCarthy made a, an incorrect call on fourth down or on hey any of there's those a there's the a lot game. of things that I'll bitch about. Uh, one thing I'll never bitch about, and I want people to hold my feet to the fire. If Dallas is losing and someone quote unquote wants to rub it in, I will never be the guy be like that's poor sportsmanship. No, dude, I've never team, said that in my life. If, if a team, if Philly wants to beat us that they day, they beat us forty four to six. You rub it in, man. Like the the Baylor uh, OU thing that was another Lincoln Riley got all pissy because Baylor kicked a field goal with one second left, which was petty as shit. But yeah, hey, it's petty. But if someone wants to do that to you, I'm not going to be the guy being like, "Man, that was that was classless. That was classless." Bro, what's what's more insulting to, to like to kick it like with one second left to kick a field goal or to kneel it like in your face <laughs> on the one, right? Like knowing, and like, dude, Ben, I know you remember this. Our senior year of high school, on either prom night or homecoming night, we had to go play Highland Park in lacrosse. It's prom, and night. they beat the brakes off of us, like. 17 to 2 or something. And that's just how it was. That was high school sports and they beat the shit out of us and that's just what it was. This is professional sports, dude. Like the idea that like suddenly it's not okay. And again, if this had been the inverse and the Falcons were pouring 50 on the Cowboys, the entire nation would have been just like DVRing this shit to like stroke it to it later. So I don't want to hear about it. That's an insane position to take. This is how the game is played. It is a game of choking your opponent out. You have to break their will. And that's what that was. Like, I'm glad McCarthy blocked that punt. I'm glad McCarthy went for two. Going into the half, 36-3. We got to talk. I, uh, uh, on the Twitter, I, I posted the Sam Cassell uh, big balls, you know, where he did the, the big ball celebration yeah. and he juggles them. I did that twice. You know, I mean, this game easily before that block punt, before half easily instead of 28-3 to could have been 20 to three if McCarthy decides to kick two field goals in field goal range and he went yep. for fourth both times. And I love the call. I love the call, man. And, and, and to your point, like this was a team that very clearly wanted to send a message. They had one punt in the first half. Otherwise they had four touchdowns. Um, they clearly wanted to send that message that, that this is who we are um, last week. You know, we, we, we are a team that can go out and kick anybody's ass. And, um, Anyway, you know, if they want to go for two when they're up, yeah, go for two, man. I mean, whatever. Dude, I'll tell you who I did feel bad for. That corner that had to cover C.D. Lamb. That mm. guy just got – that That was not quite the Des Bryant versus the Eagles situation, but that kid just got beat up and down the field all day. C.D. ends up with 94 yards and two touchdowns. Um, the first one is, is a pretty embarrassing – like, C.D. just – out physicals him in the end zone for the opening score of the game, and then proceeds uh, yeah. to do a very swaggy dance move on the side. I saw Shannon Sharp. I saw Shannon Sharp. Uh, I was watching. I love watching days after the Cowboys win just to see how 
I know the national talking heads just get a point like, hey, you're going to be pro-cowboy. You're oh, yeah. going to be anti-cowboy. Shannon is just sharp. And because Steven Skip's Ayer. on there, sharp is just the, yeah. the anti-cowboys anti-cowboy. guy. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't take any offense to it. But he was like, you know, they showed that play. He goes, I don't even know what this DB's doing. What is he doing yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> and um, anyway, I wanted to ask this to both of y'all. I'll start with you, Zach. Speaking of C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup returned this week. Michael Gallup likes to mainly play on the outside. This allowed CeeDee Lamb to play more of his snaps from the slot, thus advantageous matchup. Uh, I guess just your thoughts about that. What did you what did you like? What did you see about it was that? Beautiful. Like we've seen our wide receivers just killing it this season. Both Gallup, it was like they were back in perfect form. And I love the Gallup mm-hmm. catches because both the big ones, right on the edge, right on the edge of that uh, line, just jumping up, grabbing it, falling down. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's what Gallup we were missing. I think that's what Gallup allows you to do, right? Gallup allows we loved what Cedric did, but I think the difference is putting Gallup on the outside allows CD to be more versatile and play that inside role and have those those matchups that he doesn't get as often with Gallup out. Yeah, and dude, people are just so weirdly recency biased. Like a couple weeks without Gallup, and people were suddenly like Ugh. weirdly, like vehement uh, anti-Gallup. We don't even need him. And like, I was glad to see him kind of come out. And I don't even think we've seen. I think Gallup still was shaking off the rust. Like there were a couple balls that I think he would have had normally that he didn't. That first one is a good example. He was trying to make that turnaround grab that he's mm-hmm. he's made that that catch a hundred times. Um, Gallup and Dak have really good chemistry. We saw that on the, the kind of the scramble drill where Dak, where uh, Gallup that you mentioned, Zachary, that Gallup caught it on the one yard line and got that toe tap. Um, I think we're only going to see better things from Gallup going forward. And yeah, I, I think it just gives you the, the best matchup everywhere. Like Coop is going to keep doing his thing. Gallup is such a good outside threat where he gets to use the sideline. He's a great take the top off the defense guy. And Lamb gets to use his maximum skill set, which I think Lamb in the slot is so lethal that it becomes just like incredibly difficult to stop what the Cowboys want to do. I mean, if there's one way I could describe this game, if you didn't get to see it, it was just the Cowboys literally could, got to do whatever they wanted. They just imposed their will, mostly through the air. This wasn't a tremendous running day. Um, and if you look at the the box score, it kind of looks like, I mean, Zeke pounded got two touchdowns. He pounded the rock in from the one, which you definitely want Zeke to do. Um, but no one had an insane rushing day. Nope. I want to give Zeke Elliott huge props on pass protection. There were a couple plays in this game, the touchdown to CD, uh, another, and then another How great of a later. play was that from the, from the get go, the touchdown Eddie's talking about was a CD second touchdown. The game's one hand. It's a third and six. I want to say, yep. and Atlanta and brings six. full blitz. Zeke comes across the whole formation to hit the the linebacker come on the outside. Dak knows the dude. Yeah, Dak Dak knows he's about to be under pressure, takes one step backwards, and just throws to a part of the end zone that he thinks CeeDee will be in. Like, it's one of those that he's like, I'm just going to trust my receiver is going to win this, and he's going to be there. And it turns out to be just perfect. CeeDee gets there right when the ball gets there. It was a beautiful – I mean, when he threw that ball, CeeDee hadn't even turned to make his cut. It was just – It felt – it felt like Dak knew 
that if he could just buy enough time by retreating one second, a little bit and get one, enough that air under that step. ball, yeah, yeah, and just I mean, enough air under that ball, it was going to be in. When he first threw it for a second, I thought Dak was throwing it away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was he, no that. Like, he, he put a ton of air under it, and there was no one in the area. So I was like, oh, okay, like whatever, you know, kick a field goal, and then suddenly it starts to come down, and you see Lamb like cutting across the end zone. You're like, oh, wait a minute, ding. Ah, might beautiful, be the most dude. beautiful. Tied with the throw to Amari in the, uh, I think, the Panthers game for one oh, of the most beautiful so passes that Dak has made this season. Oh, yeah. And, that I mean, nice. th- there was just so many highlights. What a great bounce back, game, man. man. I mean, what a great bounce back by Dak, though. We we, I mean, rightfully so. I, I, I do think since outside of his rookie season, this that was probably the worst game we ever saw Dak play against the Broncos, at least until the final two minutes, which didn't matter. Uh, and he was, dude, he couldn't miss in this one. He had a, his highest QBR of the season at 94. I think he had the best QBR of the week. Um, I mean, he, he, he was flawless and, uh, to see that from your leader, you know, he had a couple, he had a lot of great quotes in this one, man. He had a, he, he ran in for a touchdown, which it's funny now. I never worried about Dak getting hurt. And now anytime I see Dak take a shot, I'm like, oh, Hey, Hey, maybe we just, maybe we don't need to. Bulldozing. Yeah, the Russian touchdown made me a little bit nervous. Like he had to lower his shoulder and like really push in. I was like, "Oh, Ugh. dude, it's fourth down. We're up by like thirty-five. We don't need to do this shit, dude." Like, and he had a he had a quote afterward. You know, uh, he he came out of the sideline. If you watched, uh, I don't know, if this was on sounds of the sideline or inside the NFL, but I saw it making the the rounds on social media today. And you know, he goes, uh, the coach he comes over and the, he's talking with the. Uh, Kellen and, and Doug Nussmeyer, and he's like, "Hey, he's like, oh, I got myself benched. I got myself benched because they, they saw that." And he goes, "He goes, he goes, hey, I just had to remind them who I was." You know, he goes, "I'm a big motherfucker. I think people forgot that." And he kind of like he flexes and walks away from him, and I was like, dude. "Hell yeah!" And he also said, "I didn't realize this, so he didn't do." They had the bye week, and then he didn't play the Vikings game, and he didn't do the the breakdown of the huddle for the Vikings game. Yep. And he said like a quote, and I don't know, you might have it, Andy, but he said basically he took that kind of personal later. Like he's like, man, that's that's my job. And so he, he made sure on this game that he he broke down. He's like, I wanted everyone to take their cue from me, you know, and, and I just I loved his mentality. I think the whole team feeds off of that guy's mentality. And when number four is right, this team is right. And Dude, the footage of him deleting the pregame huddle is awesome. He's like the only one with his helmet off. He's super fired up. I mean, you could tell the attitude this team came with. I mean, they asked uh, Micah Parsons about it after the game because Micah, we'll get to him, but Micah had an insane game as well. And they asked Micah, you know, what message did the defense want to send after last week? And Micah kind of laughs and he goes, I don't want to curse on here, but we're not to be effed with. And I was like, that is tight. Uh, Micah was a force. I mean, again, we were missing Randy Gregory. We're still missing Tank. There was a lot of questions coming into this game about how are you going to generate pass rush? You're missing now three starting defensive linemen. Uh, Matt Ryan isn't the greatest quarterback in the world, but you give him time and Kyle Pitts. And, and he's, been he's been hot. He's been hot the last three, four weeks. The week before. Parsons comes in, ends up with a sack and a tackle for loss. Dude, that's uh, Dorrance Armstrong gets that's a sack and a tackle for loss, generates two pressures. Tristan that Micah Hill, sack was silly, though. Oh my god, dude! He got to the quarterback in a in a hiccup. 
Like it looked like an Allen Iverson crossover. Like he puts dude on skates. Like he doesn't even get touched by a starting offensive lineman in the NFL because he shakes him so bad. He he jukes outside, comes back inside so hard that there's a truck size running lane. He just goes right through it and kills Matt Ryan. And he almost had the strip. I mean, it was a strip sack. He just had the guy that Mike Micah Parsons was so far past the, the lineman, the lineman that he beat got to run in behind and just jump on the ball because he was like three, four feet behind Micah when he hit the quarterback. <laughs> so that was awesome. Um, Tristan Hill actually got to play his first snaps in like a full yep. year. He got nine snaps during the game. And in those nine snaps, he generated two hurries and uh, a QB hit. So not too shabby for Mr. Hill, who – was somewhat seen as kind of a disappointment given that he was our top draft pick uh the last year of the rod melon ah, rod marinelli era um but good to see people contributing i mean this is just another example of someone stepping up dorrance played a very similar role that that randy has he was kind of doing the the twist stunts he was doing a lot of like stand up you know hand in the dirt kind of roving um, and between him and Micah, they were able to generate a, a pretty decent pass rush. They come away with two sacks, uh, three tackles for loss as a team, and it was enough to keep Ryan very uncomfortable and not able to find, uh, you know, the top receiver was Kyle Pitts. He had four catches for 60 yards. Two on Nothing that first drive. Two yeah. on that first drive. Um, I want to talk a, a couple, and this game was close, so for people. So the very first drive – you know, we talked about the Cowboys march down, touchdown. Uh, Atlanta does answer, and they actually have a drive that kind of worries me. They're moving the field. Kyle Pitts is having one of those where he looks open every time they throw to him, and they get to a third and seven, which is initially called a catch. J. Ron Curse pleads with his coaching staff that he knocked the ball away from Russell Gage. McCarthy does challenge, wins the challenge, so Atlanta has to great set up for a field goal. Great stick by Curse, dude. Yeah, great, great hit. So I want to say I want to give him props there. Big play by Curse. Then actually, Dallas has its shittiest possession of the half, the only bad one. Uh, they go three and out, give it back to Atlanta, and Atlanta's on the move again. And they made even as captain go for it. I think they made a really strange decision here, and I don't know if this was feeling the pressure of Dallas or they just. Didn't trust Youngway Koo, which he'd seen from 49 yards. He could hit this. But they get to a fourth and seven, and they elect not to kick the 50-yard field goal to make it seven to six at that point, and they go for it and don't get it. Um, I just want y'all's initial reaction because I think there's a lot of people. I don't know if it would have mattered given the final score. but No, and I saw a lot of people, a lot of Falcons fans that seemed to, to latch onto this moment as like this – game deciding moment and obviously we have no idea if it could have been but i'll say two things one is this is the kind of decision that you've heard from a lot of coaches when the cowboys are playing their game like one of the advantages the broncos had last week was that they got to play their game the whole time other teams have described this feeling of like we have to keep up with the cowboys like we have to we're not going to get that many drives that get this deep like we have to score maximum points because the Cowboys offense is so high octane. We can't stop them. And that's when you make, when you're pressing, just like we saw with the Cowboys last week, that's when you make mistakes. When you're trying to press, when you're trying to make stuff happen, you have to have a first down. You have to have a touchdown on this drive. You can't afford to just like let the game come to you. Um, that's when mistakes are made. And and this, this kind of bit them a little bit in that 
this was the emergence of what would, I think, the best day of Jordan Lewis's career, maybe. Uh, Jordan Lewis was covering uh, Kyle Pitts on the third down. Yep. Uh, Jordan Lewis has an amazing pass breakup here. Textbook perfect pass breakup. They go for it on fourth, tries to throw it to Gage. Lewis again with another perfect pass breakup. And so Jordan Lewis single-handedly gets them off the field here. Uh, Dallas this takes was the, the ball only over point. and they march right down to score. Yeah. I, and big props to Jay Lou. Uh, this is the only point in the game I ever got nervous about it not being like being at competitive because we punted and they moved so easily on their first drive and they're moving again. And so this was the only point in the game where I was a little. And when Jay Lou knocked those two balls away, I, I really did feel like, all right, we're all right. Um, Zach, that, what you think that of that? Did, were you uh, were you nervous at any point in this, or did you you feel? Bad? I wasn't very nervous. It's the Falcons. I did not really think <laughs> they would beat us. But, yeah, I was thinking it would be closer. Uh, but, no, I agree when those two passes were knocked away. And, honestly, I was kind of expecting a penalty flag. Not because there was a penalty, but just because he was real close and it's the refs sure. and it's the Cowboys. Well, when the, we didn't get those penalties, I was kind of thinking. Well, here's. You know, just. Oh, what are you saying? No, no, no. I, I agree with you, right? Like, oh, yeah. No, when the penalties didn't come in, I just thought, okay, like, we're not going to get fucked on this game. Yeah. And well, and, and that and that that drive before that, the one where we the only one of the first quarter where we punted was just it was just weird. So we get a, a false start on the very first play and they call it on Collins, but it's really on like everyone except Biotish. <laughs> like he just doesn't snap the ball correctly. Then on first and 15. Connor Williams gets absolutely turnstiled and Zeke gets blown up three yards behind the line of scrimmage for a three yard loss. So now Dallas is at third and 13. And then Dak tries to throw just a little screen pass, like a crossing route to Tony Pollard and Tony drops the ball. So it was like, that was the kind of shit we saw last week. You're just like, Oh fuck dude. Like everything. We got a penalty, a total collapse by the offensive line and a drop all in the same possession. And that was like the trifecta of last week's game. Um, now, fortunately, yeah, the but that I was gonna say that stop, and then they come out and kill. Yeah, that's all we drive. saw. So, so this is after after we get that stop. Here's how the game went: twelve plays, touchdown Dallas, three and out Atlanta. Eight plays, touchdown Dallas, three and out Atlanta. Ten plays, touchdown Dallas, three and out blocked punt recovered for a touchdown Dallas. Atlanta kneels out before the half. So, I mean, they ran what nine plays for and they lost yard i think they lost yards on nine plays that they ran in the second quarter and dallas scored four touchdowns i mean it was you couldn't yeah. draw up a more dominant after quarter after that fourth after they went for that fourth down they had three plays for five yards three plays for minus 10 yards mm -hmm. that's six plays for minus five yards and then three plays for minus eight yards so that's nine plays for minus 13 yards yeah <laughs> total and, and then they of football, and then they lose five yards on their their run before the end of the half. So yeah, that's I mean, and that was really it. You know, I mean, the second half. You know, we talked about Dak had the touchdown run. The only other thing of note was there were three interceptions. Um, one for Ant Brown, which was nasty. One for Jay. Honestly, Lou. I think that might have been the the Ant Brown one might have been the most impressive interception of the game. Um, yeah, they were all really it good was. picks. None of them were like deflection bullshit picks, but like. 
Anthony Brown fought for that pick. Like it was very similar to the Trayvon Diggs interception against Carolina, the second interception oh, against Carolina. Against yeah. So that's the only thing yeah. to compare it to. And I yeah. might actually it, like this one more. This yeah, this one was super nasty. Uh Ant Brown gets his third pick of the year, which he's just that's I mean, dude, he's low doing key, awesome. he's actually our highest PFF graded player, uh or corner. Which yeah, I know I Diggs, it. we we we, I, I don't agree with how they, they grade corners, and Diggs is graded like 101 still, even after this game, which Diggs played another good game, and look, he had a nice bounce back, and he had a nasty interception. Matt Ryan overthrew yeah. Kyle Pitts. Diggs had the second interception where he kind of catches it almost behind his head, just ball. And, and just like a perfect hands catch, like a catch that only a receiver should make. Like most yeah. corners in the National Football League do not make catches like that. Well, because they're looking that's, at the receiver, right? They're not looking at the ball. Yeah. They're looking. They're looking at the. Well, guy that's why. That's why Byron Jones is better than him because he plays the man, uh, not the ball. So, dude, well, Byron just, Jones. Can, Byron Jones might be getting cut. Not because he's I, bad, just he's just they can't pay him. Kind of too good, honestly. <laughs> so Can I just pause back. and say so? Uh, Jamal Adams got an interception in their game on Sunday night, and second career, third career, third career interception. Uh, he's now tied with Vince Wilfork for career interceptions. Saw that meme. Saw that. Meme. And I think it's, and I'm not defending uh Jamal Adams, and I'm not really shitting on Byron Jones. I guess I am kind of shitting on Byron Jones, but. People, like the whole world shits on Jamal Adams for having three career interceptions as a safety. And yet Byron Jones has hordes of defenders for having three picks in like 80 games as a cowboy because he's like some specialist in not getting interceptions. Like Jamal Adams' job isn't really to get interceptions, and Byron's is. And they have the same career stats, and the people, I don't know, it's weird. I guess it's just because Jamal's like louder and Costs a lot more in draft capital, but yeah. So Diggs gets another nasty pick, and then J. Lou joins the party. They finally in the at, at the end of the third quarter, I guess the beginning of the fourth quarter. They're putting um, a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, they just decided it wasn't worth having Ryan in there. They pull him out. They put in Chosen Rosen, which man, just a the saddest fucking story in the NFL history, dude. This guy, I just feel bad for him almost, but like he goes in and he he gets to throw his first pass is picked off by Jordan Lewis. Like wasn't even uh, a good throw. It was a bad throw, but it's just like <laughs> this guy's just never had anything go right for him. He's just cursed eternally. So they get the ball back at this point. Um they put in Cooper Rush and Cooper Rush looked pretty trash, but it really didn't matter at this point. It didn't matter. I mean this this game turned into a preseason game. Like it yeah, just like I really said, did. anything after this just didn't it was hey let's run the clock here running clock like you remember the, the lacrosse running clock and just you know let's, yep. let's get these boys out if there was a mercy injury. rule there would have been it would have been in effect so yeah dallas ends up with a 43 to 3 win a 40 burger a 40 40 win. burger uh prescott ends up 24 of 31 for 296 two touchdowns no picks he also adds a rushing touchdown uh Pollard and Zeke combined for 25 carries for 83 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and then Dak completed passes to 10 different receivers, the leader of which is CeeDee Lamb. Uh, he had six catches on seven targets for 94 yards and two touchdowns. Um, defense, again, kind of the big stories there being Parsons, Armstrong, and the D and the secondary. Um, Parsons and Armstrong come away with a couple sacks, get a lot of pressure. And three different corners get picks on Matt Ryan and Rosen before the day's over. 
Uh, and so the Cowboys return to their winning ways. They're now seven and two. They mathematically control the number one seed in the NFC. If they win out, it does not matter what anyone else does. The Cowboys will be the number one seed in the NFC so long as they do not lose. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it's cool that's... to control your own destiny. It's because we've been in those situations where we're like, okay, all we need is for the Eagles to lose four of their next five, the Giants to lose three in a row, and for nine other NFC teams to either lose or die in plane crashes, and we will make the wild card spot. You know, I feel so much like this Atlanta team is, or even the you know you, you you compare us to the vikings earlier the the cowboys of old but this atlanta team as they are they're four and five where they're it's like as soon as you want to give up on them they beat like a saints and you're like oh wow yeah. oh and the cowboys just lost me and then they go and get their tail beat and you know atlanta will bounce Dog. back and, and win next week and get back to five and five like they just never let you off the hook and that was the oh, Jason next Garrett week don't they, they play they, the Bucks? They, they got to play the Pats, which is oh. almost worse at this point. Honestly, I mean, maybe. The Pats have I, really but you good. get my point. I'm I'm throwing it out. They, no, yeah, shit, absolutely. Probably lose, but it, it would well, shock. It wouldn't shock me if they wanted a way to win that game. Everyone's just like, oh, whatever. It's just, it's just like I said about the Broncos. Like people were like, oh, the you guys, the Broncos fans gonna get the to, same yeah. boat. Like the Broncos, like one had this huge statement win over Dallas in Dallas. They're probably so stoked. And I said it at the time. I was like. And I even saw it on Reddit, like Cowboys fans being like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the Broncos, like the Broncos make a run in the playoffs. I was like, like they are going to get mashed by the Eagles. I, I literally bet money on it. They are going to turn yeah, directly back into a pumpkin. It will happen. And it did. They got they got beat by the Eagles worse than we got beat by them. Like, yeah. Jalen Hurts insane. absolutely dogged them all day. Um, that's the NFL, crazy, man. Because Jalen Hurts is a bum, dude. So, Andy, Andy did talk about. Uh, well, actually, I want to do this, and then we'll. How about we do Star Love Goat, and then we get into some standings talk, so that we we go. Oh, so, I did have one additional item for you before we before we talk about that. Um, you know, this game was really special. Um, almost as special as instantly doubling your first time deposit with my bookie. Now. With double the funds, you can double your action, and more importantly, boys, you can double your wins. Okay, uh, getting getting in on the action has never been easier. You can bet with all your favorite currencies, including crypto. Don't go buy NFTs. Don't spend your hard-earned crypto on JPEGs of monkeys. Buy sports gambling credits on this cool platform hosted in Curacao, dude. That's where the, all the cool action's happening. Uh, and you can get in on the biggest matchups this week with my bookie. As we inch closer to the NFL playoffs, there are some pivotal games to be on the lookout for this weekend, including a showdown between divisional rivals when the New York Jets take on the Miami Dolphins. The Jets are looking to continue being trash as they take on the fierce Dolphins defense. The Jets are legitimately horrible. Fade the shit out of them, as always. That is my advice to you. Uh, so don't wait. Head to my bookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus. So you can get in on the game and start winning right now. Use the promo code BOYS100 to receive your first deposit instantly. Double that shit with BOYS100. That's promo code BOYS100, all caps. So you can double your funds, double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Straight up, though, fade the shit out of the Jets. They're so bad. It's free money. Use use my so, bookies leverage to double your winnings. It's it's free money. So there you have it, boys. Boys one hundred. 
That was that was beautiful, sir. We appreciate you like that. I, I I I got to write my own copy this week, so I was pretty stoked. Yeah, I got I got a I got a hint of that during the reading. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Um, Star Love Goat. Before we go on to standings, before we go on to bets, will be bets. Um, and the preview of the Chiefs, which is going to be fun as shit, and I want to get into that one. So, Star Love Goat for our first time listeners, who once we thank you. Two, this is each of us give basically our player of the game. Um, sometimes this is based on stats. Sometimes this is based on gut feel. Sometimes this is just pure emotion. You just you don't know. Uh, I am Benjamin Walker, the walk star. We have Zach Love, his love of the game, and we have Andy Gatelli, his goat of the game. I will begin. Uh, this was a tough one, boys. I mean, when you win by 40, I mean, you got a lot of guys who who who, who could deserve this. Um, I'll start my honorable mentions, which the list is as long as, as my arm. Um, Diggs, of course, get another pick after I was, I, was, I was yelling at him the last two weeks. It's, it was good to see him get interception. Um, Micah, again, just being a freak. I feel like I have to continually bring this kid up. He's awesome. Uh, Dak, I easily could have given it to Dak. Um, he was freaking awesome, man. I mean, yeah, as I said, just to bounce back, every throw that he made was was pure money. But this one, I'm going to give it to a receiver. I haven't given it back-to-back weeks, me giving it to a receiver. It's CeeDee Lamb. I thought CD kind of came out, set the tone very early. Uh, two touchdowns, 96 yards. He did all that pretty much in the first half. He, If this game was close, he would have had a absolute whale of a game because we could have continued to go to him all game long. It just wasn't necessary, um, unfortunately, for CD. But, yeah, he was he was freaky, freaky good in this one. So, CD Lamb, that's the, the star of the game. Nice. Zach, who's the love of the game? Yo, this is really hard. Yeah. Because every single player we had played great. Uh, there wasn't a single position that we did not completely dominate them in. Maybe kicker. We never had to kick a field goal, though. So we can't really prove that. I, Mr. H did just fine at the uh, extra points. Uh, Herlalu, dude. Herlalu. Ah. Dude, shout out to him, dude. I actually read his little uh, player bio. His family fled Kosovo during the Civil War in the 90s as refugees, came to Canada. He learned about football, picked it up, played for the Canadian national team and in the CFL, and he kicked his first ever NFL kick for the Cowboys on Sunday. So, cool guy. Fuck yeah. Yeah, good for him. Uh, I think that, you know, I'm going to have to go with Ben. Uh, mm. statement, and I'm also going to go with CD Lamb. Wow! I think in the end, I think he just did it the best. Very nice. So I'm I'm really I'm really torn between three guys. So obviously CD Lamb is one of them. Um, CD Lamb is just slowly getting better and better and better. Like we're witnessing him become a true number one. Like I went and looked at all the projections for this year at, at the halfway point now. And if, if CD continues at his pace right now, he's going to end up with like 1300 yards and 12 touchdowns, which like that's dumb numbers. Like that's a prime Des season right there. Um, 
I also am very tempted to give it to Jordan Lewis because mm, I would love that he played so far above his head. Um, you know, Jordan has been a guy that people have like shit on a lot. He kind of before it, he was Anthony Brown before Anthony Brown was Anthony Brown. He was like our slot guy who like kind of got dogged for messing up coverage and um but Jordan Lewis is like already won, you know what I mean? Like he's a third round guy who's made it to a second deal and he's made some huge plays for this team. You know, famously he got the interception against Breeze to end the Thursday night game against the Saints in 2018. Um so J. Lou is certainly in the running. But honestly, man, I gotta give this shit to Dak Prescott. Uh that's fair. At the end of the day, like, and I know this is almost cheating because you could just do this every time, but this team truly does go as Dak goes. Like, where however Dak shows up to the stadium is going to be how everyone else does. And well, as I was watching this game, I just found myself. So first of all, I I did burn that. I threw away that game day polo that I know was cursed from the Broncos game, and I bought this fired short sleeve button down with Dak's face and signature all over it. And as I was sitting there watching that game, I was just like, it's kind of insane that I've come to just like no longer be blown away by his performance anymore. Like I almost expect him to be really great because he's just done it so consistently. I mean, Dak Prescott has multiple touchdowns in every single game he's played this year, which is nuts. Like he's, he's crazy. So I just have to think as the engine of this team, as I watched him go out there and dissect the Atlanta defense on Sunday, and especially because the running game was not really doing, it wasn't dominant. I mean, we ended up with like a hundred yards or something total. Um, Dak was really what made that whole thing tick. And he hung 40 points on Atlanta, pretty much solo dolo. And as I looked forward to next week, man, it's going to be a big time showdown, dude. You better believe it's going to be a big comparison between kind of the perennially last couple of years, goat young quarterback versus, you know, Dak Prescott, who has kind of emerged as like a, a maybe MVP, MVP candidate front runner. this year. So I'm giving Dak Prescott the goat of the game. Mm. Well, none of those answers are wrong, boys. I have some stats for our listeners. This is, the fourth time that Star Love have shared their player of the game. We've had four Star Loves in history. That's huge. Ooh. This is also the time GOAT has given Dak Prescott the GOAT of the game, which is Dude. a high of anybody, anyone this season. He is the most GOATs of the year. So that's, I that's will a say, huge I honor. will say this. Huge honor. I will say this uh, for our listeners, a little inside baseball. There was a night. Uh, I was in Dallas from visiting from Austin and I was with, I don't know where we were. I think we were at like Garrick's place, his old apartment with Jill maybe, but we were going to watch the Dallas Cowboys preseason game. Uh, and they're playing against the, the Rams. They had just moved to LA, I think. And Dak was going to get to start because Tony couldn't play. And we were like, okay, we'll get to see this Dak Prescott kid. And Dak went out and absolutely laced the Rams, like tore them apart. I think Dak ended ended his his like he played like two quarters, and I think he ended like 
12 of 15 with three touchdowns or something insane like that. And I remember driving back to Ben and Tim's apartment and Tim was in the, my passenger seat. And I remember saying to Tim, I was like, dude, we might've just seen the next Dallas Cowboys quarterback. And I was talking about like in five years, right? Cause I thought Tony was going to play forever. Little did I know he was going to play that year, but to look back on that moment and now see what Dak has become, which is more than I could have ever hoped for is, is crazy. So I'm, I'm so stoked for the guy. I love having him as our quarterback. I love having him as our leader. It's so great to have a guy like that to root for. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, these things are funny. You know, you never know where you're going to find somebody like that. I remember, I still remember old ticket segment the ticket, you know, I'm sure most of our listeners know, but they're a, a, a sports radio station. Uh, just one of Marconi, by the way. So congrats to them. Um, nice. And they, uh, anyway, I remember listening to a post game. It was right after Tony Romo's first start. And they're like, look, he looked good, but let's be honest. Our franchise quarterback is not going to be an undrafted QB. So we still have to, so yeah. you got to go find the guy. And it's just so funny how, how sure we are of some of these things in the moment. And, uh, you know, for Dak to get a shot, you know, I mean, even for him to get that shot, Kellen Moore got his ankle broken. Otherwise, Dak would have been the third-string quarterback, and so Kellen would have actually got the second. Dude, reps, and Kellen, and the fact that Kellen and Dak formed such a close relationship as players at that time has contributed so heavily to their relationship now as coordinator and quarterback, which has paid such huge dividends. Like, yeah, it's a weird – it's the path is never straight in life or in the NFL. Yeah. So obviously I love to have Dak. Uh, I love having him go into this battle. Uh, this is a big one that, that heading into this week, Andy and Zach that has, has been circled on the calendar and we actually go into Kansas city and play the Kansas city chiefs. <sighs> Bro, three time AFC champs, uh, two times Super Bowl appearances. They won one. Um, this team has been basically the last three years probably the best team in all of football. Um, maybe, I mean, not even probably is been the best team in football. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has become the face of the NFL as as we slowly transition away from Tom Brady. Although no, he's still doing Tom Brady things. But anyway, this is a big one, man. This is a fun one. You know, we 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 of course love Mahomes being tech boys, but uh, just give me your initial feels, your initial thoughts on this one. Zach, hit us. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win pretty handily. Nice. All right, what? A simple reason. Why do you feel that I way? Because I think we're going to score on them. Their defense is not good. We're going to force Mahomes to go through the air constantly against us, and we are going to get the turnovers, and we're going to shut them down. They're going to score on like us. This. It's not going to be the Falcons. Yeah. But I easily see us winning by two, three scores. I don't I think it's it. – I don't think we're probably going to have such a dominant uh, quarter like we did against the Panthers or this team. It's just going to be a slow and steady lead that we just slowly increase throughout the game. But I do not think this is going to be a game where we're really going to be biting our nails, worried about it as it goes on. But, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. I have a lot of hype. A lot of hype for this. I will say this. I don't this. see us I, losing. How do you – how much you – Sorry, I was going to ask, how would you feel if we, if, and it's a big if, it's a big if, I don't want anyone to freak out, if they did lose, would you take it as a as a blow to the title or you just chalk it up as, hey, it is it is what it is? Absolutely, I take it as a blow. Okay. We lost to the Bucks. 
uh, we, we real did. close. We lost. That's kind of the one really good team that are, you know, really good, but not the best team that I feel like we can afford to lose to this season. Would this be our biggest quality win if they pull it off? You know, it's kind of weird because they're so far in the season and me and so many people are still like, well, we have to see who the Cardinals are first. Mm-hmm. But yes, I, I, I say yes. I mean, the Chiefs have been bad recently, but this would really be the good best on, win. Really yeah. good on Sunday night, though. Yeah, yep. that's true. I, so I heard a, an interesting discussion around that topic, Ben, the other day. Someone asked, uh, do the Cowboys have a quality win? Like who is the – or not a quality win. Do the Cowboys have a statement win? Like who is their statement victory sure. over? Um, and the podcast I was listening to where they discussed that, I think Jesse Hawley put it really well, uh, former Dallas Cowboys player, when he said that like it's kind of impossible to know until the end of the year because like at the time – the Chargers looked like this really quality win, right? Um, the Panthers, same thing. They looked like this really good team. They were undefeated. Um, after we beat the Chargers, they went on a run where people were like, oh, they, they, you know, they might be the AFC team for the Super Bowl. When we beat the Patriots, you know, people were like, okay, like it's Belichick, it's in Foxborough, so overtime wins fine, but the Patriots aren't that good. Now the Patriots are like, suddenly people are like, oh, are the Patriots going to be the AFC team for the Super Bowl? So it's really hard to know until the end of the season, like what what constitutes a quality win, what constitutes a statement win. Because um, a moment in time is a moment in time. Like you could you could make the case that the, the Saints have uh, an incredible statement win. They throttled the Packers, but – no one's really counting that because what, what we've seen come after it. Right. So timing is everything. Um, I will say the chiefs now are much more threatening than they were two, three weeks ago. Um, two, three weeks ago, like when Mahomes looked really out of sorts, they were losing games. They, they were literally getting taken to the wire by like the giants and shit. It was confusing and i had kind of written them off as effectively at least for this season kind of broken um they've stormed back as as you definitely accurately predicted they would um and they they put on a show the other night um you know they hung 40 on them and mahomes has shown that he can still get it done um we will still be missing probably you know our two primary pass rush specialists which i would feel a lot better about our chances of dominating this game if we had tank and randy in there now on the good side we're playing in the middle of the afternoon uh, in kansas city it's not going to be freezing cold it's not gonna be like a snow game it's going to be like mid 50s upper 50s maybe the 60s i do fucking hate arrowhead for personal reasons um first two years of college i went to mizzou uh missouri played kansas at arrowhead my freshman year and i went to the game i sat in the upper deck it was january it was like negative 20 degrees it was pouring snow it was the most miserable game ever there were nine missed field goals in the game and we lost by a point it was just the worst experience of my life um so i just hate that place i want to win this game and i think we definitely can win this game i think if the cowboys 
go handle business and win this game handily is absolutely like their biggest win of the year, in my opinion. I think it's a bigger deal than the Pats. Although the Pats look much better now, I still think it, as we've seen the the Chiefs play the last couple games where there are in this exact moment, I think if you go in there and you out either outgun that offense or limited enough to where you can win handily, this is easily like the this is going to be the game where people are like, okay, the Cowboys are are a Super Bowl favorite, not a contender. Yeah, I um I think the Chiefs, you know, everything you said, I I, I knew the Chiefs would bounce back. It was a matter of when, not if, and if it was too late, given how good their their division had played. And now their divisions fall apart in less than a yeah. month, and the Chiefs are back back in front of their division and all of a sudden they're only two games out of first because the AFC has been such a shit show. I mean, the bills have lost to the Jags. I mean, the only team in the AFC with more than seven wins is, is the Titans who are eight and two. And I still think yep. everyone looks at the Titans being like, are they for real? Or is this kind oh, of yeah. a streak? Like they're not getting a lot of respect. They're still not even the favorite in the AFC on any gambling website they're like second to. in the power rankings on like everyone but every blurb in those power rankings is like yeah another week uh they somehow they, they're still <laughs> winning so we can't drop them yet but the sec if they lose any game by any amount of points they will instantly be like number 10 which low-key I've, I've been on the lamar train for mvp people have been on the kyler train uh people are now on the dak train someone who's not getting a lot of love and probably should is Tannehill, given how just shitty like their wins, I don't know. They're weird because they they never look great. But and of course, Derrick Henry was beast moding for six weeks for some of those. Derrick Henry still. is still leading the league in rushing. Oh, he, he will be after two weeks. I was gonna say, yeah. He the only person who might catch him still is Jonathan Taylor, right? Yeah. So Jonathan Taylor uh, and him actually have the exact same number of yards, but Jonathan yeah. Taylor has two more okay. games played. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So so that'll come to an end. But yeah, uh, he's awesome. You know, and in, in, in the Titans, though, I don't know what they are, but the Chiefs, we've seen a lot from the Chiefs in the Andy Reid Mahomes era, and all of that has been really good. This has really kind of been their first struggle. And what's funny is people call them out for struggling when they were winning games 42 to 30. <laughs> you know, they're, they, you know, they yeah. lost to the Bills 38 20. They beat the, the cheat, the, the Redskins, or sorry, the football team 31 to 13. By the way, football uh, team. it's Mr. Football Team. Mr. Football Team. Uh, sorry, Mr. Snyder. So, <laughs> you know, they, they get nitpicked. You know, you did this to me the other day, Andy. We were talking about Khalil Mack, and I kind of made an off statement. Like, been that great lately. And then you're like, man, he just gets held to such a high standard. And I looked at his stats. I was like, oh, no, he's actually been really dominant still. It's just the Bears and the Bears, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, that's kind of the, the Chiefs effect, are dude. Like, when you get a huge contract and you've had – five years of putting up 15 sacks a nine sack season people are suddenly like he's kind of washed dude when like if he's any guy on their great. team had nine sacks they'd be like give this guy 20 million dollars immediately like and, and the chiefs is we're so used to the chiefs winning games not not winning games ugly like they're the they're the pretty one like they're the you know they're the, they're they're the, they're the hot they're the hot yeah. girl next door right like yeah. they're always hot you know like you know like the rams they're like definitely they like a ram style team of right like so, finesse, so high speed not physical like so they don't really run the ball so yeah we've seen them before this game on on sunday night against the raiders you know they had played three games in a row and lost 27 to 3 to the titans so we mentioned 
They beat the Giants 20 to 17, but it looked really bad the whole time. Then they beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers 13, but it looked really bad the whole time. And then finally this week, you know, Mahomes threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. And so, yeah, now the question is, is that the Chiefs were, were about to see for the rest of the season or are they still working through issues? Um, I'll give you my my answer here. I think they are working through issues. I, I do believe the Chiefs are one of the five, six best teams in the NFL. I said earlier on this podcast that I think it's really wide open this year, maybe more so than yeah. in a year in recent memory, at least to this point. And because of that, I, I think we've had more things kind of go – I won't say go our way, but I think our team's playing with more confidence than the Chiefs are. I still think they're trying to convince themselves that, like, hey, we're the we're the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Like, we're Patrick Mahomes. You know, they, they, everyone tried to say they won that game forty one fourteen. Oh, there's no doubt. Like, we're back. You know, we shook the rust off. But I think a little bit of that is lip service until they beat us. Do so, you, do you think it's fair to say that the Chiefs are better than? people had like kind of decided they were when they were playing like crap. Oh yeah. But, but that, that, but at the same time, that 41, 14 win was maybe as much to do with the Raiders being a total chaotic mess internally and not playing well on the field as much as it was about. Cause I mean, like a great example is that last touchdown by Mahomes to Williams. Like that's not a good throw. Like, not an advisable toss probably gets picked off a lot. It looked amazing because Mahomes made it like he forced it into double coverage and he came out a winner. Whoa. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they put up 36 points in their previous three games. Right. And they put up 41 in this one. And look, they, they looked much better and I still, it's the same reason I give the Rams so much. I think leeway more than Zach does is I just, I have, such faith in Andy Reid being smarter than most coaches they play week to week that he's just going yeah. to out scheme you. And that's ultimately what I think is Sean McVay, like even given Stafford being probably overrated heading into this week, still think like you give Sean McVay. And I mean, dude, he took Jared Goff to his Super Bowl, which, dude, look how bad Jared Goff looks now. You know, I Man. mean, it is what it is. But can we just um, say, can we just like pause for a moment to say that that game? between the Lions and the Steelers is maybe the worst football game I've ever watched <laughs> in my entire life. Like, I literally don't think I've ever seen a game where I've just been more disgusted by what was on the field. I did watch I did watch the Packers-Seahawks entire game, and it was 3 it was also really half. Bad. That was really ugly. But the second half, the Packers sort of figured it out. But, geez, that was an ugly game, too. So, Ben, final, finally, uh, when we come – when we put all the all the calculations into the formula what do you what, how do you think this game ends up what's your score prediction yeah i think this is a tough one uh i'm going to go 33-31 dallas i think it's a real tight one nice. i think it's a back and forth i think chiefs to me will make a mistake at some point that benefits us like at this point i think dax on a little bit higher confidence playing than than mahomes and if Dallas defense has proved anything, it's they can take the ball away. Uh, I don't. I do think the Chiefs will move the ball. The the thing that people overreacted to, and advanced stats showed, is even if you look at there's this 
like number of drives with a first down. Chiefs are still number one. They'd never go three yeah. and out. They just don't. Like Dallas is number two, by the way, but the Chiefs just don't go three and out. Like they move the ball. Their problem has always been turnovers and penalties lately. Um, and their defense all of a sudden is playing playing some ball. I mean, they held yeah. the Titans to 27, the Giants to 17. Giants suck. The Packers without Rodgers to seven. Okay, whatever. And the Raiders to 14. I don't know what all that means in the in football team to 13, but they're a much better defense than they looked the first month of oh, the yeah. year when they were historically awful to the point now. And they traded for Melvin Ingram at the trading uh, deadline, which I think was a good move. So overall, I actually think we're going to score more than those teams. Like I said, I think 33-31, I, I got to feel the toss-up. I think Dallas is playing with a lot of confidence. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be a close one. I like it. Zach, what is your score prediction? Ooh. I know you said, you know, multiple scores, but I want to make you put a number on it. Because you're always right. right. So I like it when you predict big wins. Well, I, I was until the Patriots game. Let me think for a second. Uh, you give yours. <laughs> All right. So I'll say this. The, the Chiefs are favored by two and a half points in this game. Normally the rule of thumb is that you get three points for being at home. So on a neutral field, the Cowboys would be favored by half a point. So this is practically a coin flip. The matchup predictor on ESPN reflects that. Cowboys are 50.3. Uh, the Chiefs are 49.3. And the rest is a tie at almost half a percent. Um, the over/under on this game is actually super duper sexy to me. It's fifty-six. I think that's very doable. Um, so for you betters out there, pound that, hammer that over. Um, but I do think this will be uh, somewhat of a shootout. Um, I'll say this: I think that the Cowboys' defense has made strides and I know that's difficult to say when they're coming off of the only two weeks removed from the Broncos game, but I do think that this defense is learning so much about who it is and the players are learning so much about the tempo that, and the tent and the tone that they can bring to a game. Um, guys like Micah are emerging as not just like, Oh, this guy's so good for a rookie. Micah's now at a level where it's like, this guy is an incredible all-around defensive superstar, regardless of age. Um, I think they're going to give the Chiefs a little bit of trouble. And I think for that reason, the Cowboys will win this pretty handily. I'm going to go 38-24. to 24. Interesting. Wow. See, I was... When we were talking early on, I was putting a number together, and I actually lower than you, technically just under two score. I'd, I'd go 35-24. Okay. Uh, I mean, hey, that's a, that's a, that'd we, be fine by me too. We have Zerline back, right? Or no? Uh, he's he's yeah. on COVID, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it I, matters. Guess he's, yeah. Here's my question. Should we put Zerline immediately back in, or should we let Lirum kick until he misses? Just go for it on fourth, you know? I mean, we know Greg Z can sometimes have a little bit of trouble. Although I'll say this. I didn't – I obviously only really watch the Cowboys, like every snap of the Cowboys. I don't watch every snap of every other team. This has just been a historically bad year for kickers across the board. 
Like it has kickers across the league are having tremendous difficulty. And I don't know what it is. Like we watched that happen in the Green Bay Bengals game where their kickers combined to miss like five field goal attempts at the end of the game. It's been all over the league, really bad. Yeah, I, you know, uh, Butker's pretty decent for them, but yeah, it's 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 a strange year. I I almost pivot to the point now that I've talked myself into. I think it's lower scoring than people are thinking. I I don't know, man. Their defenses look. I think both our defenses have give deserve more credit than people are giving. And I only say it's tough for me because their defenses haven't played anyone. But that said, they they're not giving up the early in the season. They're giving up forty to whoever came into town. Like they just couldn't stop a nosebleed. Now all of a sudden, they actually are, which is the only sure. thing I think is interesting about this. Not the only thing. The, the 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 key thing I think is interesting is before I was like, wow, everyone scores on the Chiefs. Now I'm not. As, I'm just not as sure but as that. It, but I still think said, we do. If Dallas shows up. If Dallas shows up like they did on Sunday versus Atlanta, I think they're going to have trouble stopping that. I think everyone will have trouble stopping that. Yeah, that's true, and that's 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 ultimately what I'm betting on is that we still have the best offense in the league. So even if their defense is improved, we can still put 31 out and feel like we're leaving points out there. So I'm gonna stick with my original prediction, but I I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if this is a lower scoring game than than the experts are saying. Um, that could easily happen. We've seen it so many times where it's like get ready for the. Fire. I mean, that that Super Bowl is the ultimate example of that, where it was like Rams Pats, and it was like thirteen oh, to man. seven. Yeah. Get ready for the the fireworks, boys. Will they score? Will they combine for a hundred? Same with the like the Chiefs, uh, Pat Super Bowl, or no, no the Chiefs. Uh, who they play? Niners. Niners. Yeah, like every one of these Super Bowls we've had, where it's supposed to be like an offensive. Or yeah, yeah, the show. Chiefs Bucks, the Chiefs Bucks. Well, yeah. the Bucks did score. The Chiefs didn't score at all. But my, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just have a weird feeling that the defenses show up in this game. Um, but that said, I mean, both these quarterbacks are all timers, um, and I do think Dak will be an all timer. Uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm really torn here, boys. I'm really torn. I think Dallas ekes this out, but I do think it's a grimy fist fight i do not think it's a blowout one way or the other that would shock me if we blow them out or they blow us out personally so Dude, i'm i'm so ready for these next three games man i think these are going to be so fun like for the for most of this season it's definitely felt like we're just trying to handle business right we're just trying to like get in there win get out you know what i mean and now suddenly we're at this period where it's like no dude now i'm ready for us to like make these statements like go to go to kc bomb on the chiefs then on thanksgiving in front of the whole nation merc las vegas and then go to nola and put it on sean payton and then dude at that point you're 10 and 2 and it's like yeah let's do this thing now it's really game time so i'm super excited this is gonna be such a fun next month of football like Did starting on give Sunday. his final score 35 24. Said 35 24 yeah okay i just wanted to make note okay so we all we're all predicting cowboy victory. We're two and a half point underdogs, as Andy said. We'll see what that happens. That brings us to some bets. Will be bet segment, boy. Oh, oh sorry. one thing we uh, forgot to talk about. I know Andy would be holding his head in his hands if he left oh, and man. realized he never right. did. Connor Williams. 
dude. Okay. Uh. Let's get into this real quick. So, okay, Connor Williams, it, it gets lost in the headlines because the Cowboys just absolutely dominated this team. But Connor Williams had another three penalty game uh, on Sunday. Um, again, like mostly holding penalties. Connor Williams continues to be the most penalized player in football. And for people that are like, okay, like, that's not the end of the world, blah, blah, blah. If Connor Williams gets one more penalty this year, he will have surpassed the most penalized player in football from last season. So this guy is literally on pace to like be one of the most penalized human beings to ever walk the face of the earth. Um, it, uh, Dude, and I will say on a positive note that it does seem like people are finally starting to wake up to this. I'm seeing like articles written by the Dallas morning news. And I'm seeing discussion online. Whereas before I felt like I was taking crazy pills. Like people were like sitting around defending this guy talking about how good he is. And I could not get over the fact. I was like, dude, this guy is so bad. Like he gets turnstiled regularly. Like we saw Zeke get blown up in the backfield because of this dude. And then when a lot of times when he gets beat, his solution to that is to hold. And a lot of times that happens at really crucial moments. Um, so right now he's got 10 penalties this year. Uh, nine of them are holding. On Sunday he got multiple holding penalties, and then he also got a chop block call. And what makes that even more embarrassing is that he didn't actually go for a chop block. He just whiffed so badly on a block that he just fell over. Um, he's got double the penalty yardage of any other player in the NFL. He's been penalized 30 more yards than any other player in the league. He's responsible for a league leading 18% of the Cowboys total penalties. He is the NFL leader in accepted penalties. He's the NFL leader in total flags at 13 and he's the NFL leader in penalty yards at 110. So I don't know what I want everyone who's listening to this to do with this information, but it drives me fucking crazy. I and I know it's not as it's not call your congressmen, call your senators, like let them let them know. I I know it's not fantasy football, and you can't just like rip out dudes and replace them with like other dudes. But if there's any sign in the world that Steele or Lael can play left guard or McGovern, dog. Okay, here's the thing. I, I'm I'm operating on the assumption that if McGovern was better than Connor, he'd already be in. Every like, time we've seen him sub in, he's been good. Yeah, I, dude, it just drives me crazy. Like I, I am hoping that they're gonna operate on like a best five theory. And when and when Tyron comes back to left tackle, Steele will either move to left guard or Steele will go back to right tackle and L will go to left guard. I'm assuming it'll be Steele at left guard because they're not gonna they're not gonna move their fifty million dollar right tackle out and and Lael did play better at right tackle than Steele has played at right tackle on Sunday so I will give credit where it's due um, but man I just I have this like forever nightmare that in a playoff game or in like a in the Super Bowl we're gonna need a game winning drive and homie's gonna pull a ridiculous holding penalty and just screw us. I mean, dude, if we have to go play green Bay, which I do think we're on a collision course with green Bay this year, it is 
This is definitely a season where we're, we're having to get all the monkeys off our backs. I think we're in Green Bay in the, the two playoffs. best teams in the NFC. Yeah, and I and I think that like, dude, you look back on the last ten years, like our greatest playoff foe is Green Bay. Like the Des catch moment, the fucking phantom no holding call on Rodgers in 2016 for him to throw that pass that won them the game. Like we're gonna have to overcome that. We're gonna have to slay that dragon in order to get to where we want to go. And in a game like that against a quarterback like Rodgers, who's powered by devil magic and ivermectin, you're going to need every guy on that team to be disciplined. And I don't, I cannot count on Connor Williams to like hold that shit down. So yeah, that's my rant. Well, it's one, it was, it was, it was, it was beautiful. And it was one that we all agree with. So I don't know. We've been screaming about Connor Williams since 2018. Remember when Xavier Suafila, we had a better record with him at left guard and all yeah. the, the, the the Bob Sturms and Marcus Mossers. And I don't, you know, what I love all really these dudes, but they, they were all like, no, he's dude. Connor Williams is way better. Y'all need to get what's off. frustrating. Is it like, Connor Williams I just don't get why is... he has such a support around him from people. Well, he, he is a, he is a very, he's an, he's a really frustrating player to hate because Normally, guys that get that many killer penalties are not like pretty decent a lot of the time. Like, they're so bad that in both aspects of the game that they just get pulled. Like, they're just on the bench. Connor is unfortunately good enough, often enough, to where they, they don't think that he's imminently replaceable. And yet, it seems to me, at least as a casual viewer, that in the biggest moments is when he, he fucks up. Like it seems like he, there's a direct direct correlation between like the importance of a given possession and Connor's propensity to hold. Yeah. Or get a 15 yarder when the game's on the line, but whatever. yeah. And I, I, and I, I'll tell you this, I do know for a fact that the way referees are briefed on a given matchup between two teams is each coach sends the referee team for that game coming up film of their opponent of stuff they're like hey i want you to watch this watch for this this guy likes to do this watch for this you don't think every team we play sends the uh, the referee team like a fucking highlight reel of connor williams every single week so they're definitely like he's not going to get away with shit so like he's the most watched guy for sure because he's the most penalized guy and no ref is going to get questioned for calling i mean even if some of the holds aren't real no one's going to say, I mean, I'm not going to defend him. You know what I mean? Like if they call holding on Williams, I'm never going to be like, oh, he probably didn't do that. I'm going to immediately jump to like, yeah, he fucking sucks. He did that shit. I know. It's just, it's so fr frustrating to me because I, I truly believe that this guy, if he wasn't a second round pick would, 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 it would not have this job like that. I truly I'm hoping believe he's gone it, next but... year, man. I'm really hoping he's, well, his contract. His contract's over with. Yeah, I know it. I, I saw a brief blurb from Sturm, who I just mentioned, and he said uh, it'll largely depend on, on both sides there, like what number they want to give, what number he wants, and all that. But I really Five hope bucks. they just say, right, like, fuck it, man. And, and we have McGovern for one year after that, right? So fuck it. You yeah. can just move McGovern in and not have – and, and we're, we're cap strong already, so just let that guy go, man. Don't, don't yeah, give him a second agreed. contract. Agreed. Oh, all right. That's my that's my Connor Williams rage uh, for the week. I'm sure I'll have more to add to it 
after the game on Sunday. Ben, do we want to talk a little bit about degenerate sports gambling before we get out of here? We sure do. So, as always, if you uh, don't care about gambling and you are done, we, we appreciate you for supporting the pod. Uh, go ahead and sign off. It is what it is. Otherwise, uh, stick around and, 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 and see how the boys are doing. Welcome to yeah. Bets We Bets, brought to you by my bookie. The good folks at my bookie are bringing you all the greatest, latest and greatest NFL lines and betting action, including prop bets. Register now with code BOYS100 to instantly double your deposit. Welcome to Bets We Bets. Mm. So the boys last week, we went three and three. Uh, we had six lines, which I actually felt really good about. We got fucked a few times. Uh, the Ravens, they lost a really inexplicable game to a bad Dolphins team. Yeah, they had they had like a us game versus the Broncos, and they went out there they and just got couldn't. smashed by the dude. The somehow the the Miami Dolphins just ran like engage eight and just blitzed <laughs> yeah. Lamar Jackson all day, and it just killed him. Like it just totally seemingly defeated him, which. That does weirdly happen. Like it happened to us. Like the Broncos ran this like match man defense, and every I saw like YouTube videos that were like, "Oh, like the Broncos have the blueprint for defeating the Cowboys." Bro, go watch the the Atlanta All Twenty Two. They tried to run an identical scheme and got absolutely picked apart. Like as soon as Dak had like a little bit more time with the protection being correct, he ate them alive. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, the NFL is just strange, but we lost that one. We did bet on Dallas to cover. They absolutely covered. So we were one on one there. Then we took um, who was other? We we of course said Denver was going to lay an egg. Andy was absolutely right about that. They turned back. I should have I should have ho- ho- lobbied for more units. I should have said load up on that. I was so confident on that game. Well, the Eagles kicked their ass, so he moved it. And and to the people out there, like, oh, you bet on the Eagles, you're Cowboys fans. Like, yeah, grow up, all right? I'll, I'll bet we're on the money out here, dude. Once we're on this yeah. section of the podcast, we're pure capitalists. Yeah, we, we'll fade Dallas when it suits our coffers, all right? I'll, I'll, I'll fade an orphan if it means I'll make $5. That's damn straight. So, yeah, get over yourselves. We get it, all right? We bet on the Eagles. Sue us. Um. So we went two and one there. Then our other third win was uh, uh, who? Who else? Who did we take last week? Who was our third win? Oh, the Bills. Oh. We knew they were going to bounce back. They destroyed. Oh yeah, the Jets. they were angry about getting murked by Jacksonville. Yeah, they destroyed the Jets. Fade the Jets always. So we're three and one there. Then Arizona got their ass kicked by Carolina and the return of Cam Newton. That was kind of weird, but hey, Colt McCoy is going to be Colt McCoy sometimes. And then. The Rams, I, I I felt really confident about the Rams being better than the Niners, and they just got outcoached, outplayed. Stafford looked like shit. I don't know. Maybe Zach's right. Maybe the Rams aren't aren't as good as I think. But uh, three and three this week, eh, it is what it is. Um, we'll look to make more this week. So Anthony, um, we always begin with Dallas. You said they're two and a half point favorite or two and a half point dogs. Um, oh, I, I want it. I want Dallas. I want it. I want it. I want yeah. it. We actually Absolutely already put that in. We actually grabbed this ahead of time because we're smart, although the line hasn't moved. But we did grab Dallas ahead of time, so we're still dogs. Um, I love it. Once it's confirmed that Tyron Smith is playing this week, which he is supposed to, this line's going to move. Mm. 
So we have that. Uh, both teams look good, so that's probably why the Chiefs actually still get in love. The other one that we grabbed ahead of time was Arizona was weirdly a one-point dog to the Seahawks on last week's line. So we grabbed yeah. that early. That line has now moved, and the Cardinals are actually two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Seahawks. If you're betters out there, I still would take the Cardinals at that line, but I feel really good where we got them, mm-hmm. Andy. So we already have two locked up, which which feels nice. How do you feel about uh, San Francisco minus six and a half at Jacksonville? Um, I don't know. I don't. Ugh, I saw that. I just San Francisco's been so inconsistent. I can't. Okay, fair. How do you like Miami Dolphins three point favorite at Jets? Love it. We're taking that one. Of course, we're fading the Bingo. Jets. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're taking I'm Dolphins. Tempt- I'll, I'll be honest. I'm very tempted by Indianapolis Colts plus seven and a half at Buffalo. I think they can stick Man, with the Colts closer than seven and a half. The Colts are weirdly turning into a good team. Um, yeah. Jonathan Taylor's a beast. And honestly, Wentz has been better. He, he makes the... He'll throw 40 times a game and two times a game you watch him. You're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And then yeah. the rest of the time he looks fine. But so I kind of like that, honestly. I don't know if they'll win, but I think they can keep it closer than a touchdown. Okay. I could I could buy that. I also like uh, Packers minus two and a half over Minnesota, although it's actually I moved hate- to minus two on our boys at my bookie, which I do like. Yeah, I ugh, I hate the Packers so much, dude. I I hate them so much. Yeah, but dude, Rodgers just owns that division. I know really. he does. I know he does. Those are my those are the ones that immediately jump out to me. I mean, a lot of these are so huge. Like I think the Bucks are going to kill the Giants, but eleven is a ton. Um, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm a little tempted by New England Patriots seven point favorites over the Falcons because I think the Falcons are really bad and the Patriots look like they are starting to turn into world beaters. I actually wanted to fade that one. I don't like that one. I don't know. I I I don't know. Atlanta's a weird team to me. I really just don't I don't uh, they're that team this year that I just every week whatever score you tell me the final score of their game is, I'll go, "Okay, sure. Whatever." Sure. Fair. Like that they just nothing surprises me with them. Um and I don't know. I I'm not all the way sold on the Patriots personally, but I'm not totally sold, but dude, Mac Jones did look monstrous last week. 19 to 23, three touchdowns. Kids looking pretty decent. Um, and you know, a Belichick team when they get hot, they they tend to roll. But we'll see. We we can revisit that one. The only other one that I really was tempted by, um, well, those two. The Titans are ten point favorites on the Texans, which is huge, but. Titans are the best team the in the Texans AFC. Are, the, and the Texans are they, so bad. We're literally talking about the best team in the AFC, possibly versus the worst team in the AFC. Like, Tennessee should roll. They're at home. Like, I don't know. That okay. feels – I, I, I could get down with yeah. that. How do you feel about uh, New Orleans versus Philly? Yeah, I saw New Orleans as a one-and-a-half-point dog. That was the other one. I actually like Moneyline yeah. Saints. The Eagles Agreed. are like the – the Eagles are just like the Falcons, I was saying. Like, any Agreed. given week – I think they can do whatever, but they just came off a huge win. So I think they're going to lay an egg this week because that's Agreed. what they'll do. You know, <laughs> like in totally New Orleans, the same way, New Orleans beat the Bucks. Everyone's ready to christen them. Then they lose to the Saints. Now everyone's like, ah, 
what or lose the Titans. False alarm. Whoops. False alarm, and now the Saints will win again. So I actually do like that. That was the other one. So for those keeping at home, we have Saints money line. I like that. Like Titans. We like Packers too. We love the boys, and uh, we love fade the Jets. Dolphins minus five, minus three. So I fuck with it. Zach, how do you feel about our picks? Anything to contribute? You love us, hate us? I'm good with them. I don't really have anything to add to this. I know. Zach's You're a wise Zach's... man to stay away from degenerate gambling, Zach. It'll ruin your life. We are trying to dig ourselves out of a bit of a hole, but uh, we'll be back. We, we just need to bet more. We just we, That's well, we, we out of a hole. We haven't been really saying this on the pods, but we got to stay away from player prop bets. They're really killing Dude, that's, us. That's where the casinos make all their money. So... You look at somebody like, oh. there's no way Zeke doesn't get 70 yards, and then he has 41 yards. You're like, oh, yeah. Fuck. All right, boys. Well, anything else before we get out of here? No, sir. Zach? Nope. All right. Well, as always, folks, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to our humble podcast. If you'd like what you heard, please feel free to like, subscribe, rate, leave a comment anywhere that you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple, soundcloud etc if you'd like to contribute uh to the conversation or tell us that we are idiots or ask a question etc hit us up on any of our social medias uh ben does a great job running our twitter and we and if you are, are a boomer and you uh want to holler at us via email hit us up at boyswillpod at gmail.com as always i'm andy gatelli zachary love benjamin t walker This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace!